Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. Well, Heidi, we've got a wonderful guest today, and we are going to be talking about the question of this. Can faith heal you? That's a tough question. Can faith heal you? And we're going to have someone who's an expert in the field of grief and loss as he's lost his only child, Susan. And uh, just a year after Scott died, Heidi. And so it's been a long trip for him. And he is a reverend. And he is going to be speaking to us, John Stanley. So why don't you introduce him, Heidi? Okay, you said you said a lot about him, but there's a couple of other things. He is a previous um, Compassionate Friends National Board of Directors member. So he was on the board. He served on the board of the Compassionate Friends. Like you said, Mom, his only daughter died at 16 in a car accident. Um, he later went on to co-found a Compassionate Friends chapter, and we met him at the Bobby Resonini Day of Hope and Healing, uh, which was an event that happened in Parkland, Florida after the school shootings. And he had some profound things to say about hope and healing at that point. And so I'm looking forward to talking to Pastor John Stanley today about the idea of can faith heal you? So welcome to the show, Pastor John Stanley, also known as John. Hello. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. And thank you, Gloria. What a great honor it is to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to see you again. Well, that's a question. Can faith heal you? People are wondering, how does it? And, you know, we have so many people say, where was God? Uh, when you lost your only child, I wondered, did that shake your faith? And where have you moved on? And, and how have you done it? Great question. Thank you so much for that. And yes, um, and I was one of those people. Where is God? At the time, I was director of uh, community and governmental relations for a natural gas uh, a utility, and um, had a had a great career going on there. And then, when um, Susan died, it changed everything. You know, all my life I was very very close to my grandmother, very close to my mom. Mother saw that uh, mother and dad both saw that we were in church. We moved around a bit. But Mother always said that when we'd moved to a new town, the first thing that she did after settling in was join a church. So we were uh, all bathed in, um, in, in church and, and the stories, and we knew the stories of the Bible, and we knew God loves us. However, I found down through the years, and certainly after becoming um, uh, involved with the church and later becoming a pastor, I have learned that our theology is one uh, that we have it nicely boxed with a little red bow on top of it. And it's not really our theology. It's our grandmothers. It may even be our great-grandmothers, our mother's theology. They've told us certain things down through the years, and we've packaged all that, and that becomes our belief. And, and until something happens, mm. such as the death of a child, we never question. 
or seldom do we ever question. So when Susan died, I really ripped the, uh, the bow right off that box and began to examine everything anybody had ever told me, everything my grandmother or mother or, or the various ministers that we'd had that I remembered. And so I remembered those things and through that searching and through that struggling and through going out into our backyard and shaking my fist at God and saying, where are you? Where were you? Uh, where, how can we go on with our lives without Susan? And um, there was a, a lady in a Compassionate Friends chapter in Georgia one time that said, sudden and accidental death is it's like somebody jerks your right arm off and beats you in the head with the bloody end. Um, mm. It's a real pain. And so we question, where is God in all of that? And how can we rebuild a faith? You know, I, I wanted to say when my son died, uh, I said to the, one of the people in my church, one of, I think one of the, the ministers there, I said, I don't find the theology in the least bit helpful. No, the theology is not helping me at all, but the people have been fantastic. And he started to laugh and he said, Gloria, the church is the people. You got it. <laughs> you got it. It's the connections, isn't it? And it's the church. It is the, the people. Well, where my head was right now was the fact that what was helpful to me is the belief that I would see Scott again. I needed that belief system, even if, you know, I didn't want to hear anything else because that was really important to me. The idea that we would at some point be reunited someday. I needed that early on a lot. I felt it, I found it very comforting. I didn't find the idea of God very comforting, but I found the idea of, of being reunited very comforting. And that uh, pertains to the, uh, your title of your organization, um, Hope, Hope. We read, um, in the Bible and uh, the prophet Zechariah saying that we are prisoners of hope. We cannot escape hope. And what I have found and what I've learned found through the struggle and through the study that um, uh, uh, since Susan's death, um, Heidi is exactly that. We have that hope, mm -hmm. uh, that promise that death is not the end, right. but a rich new beginning. And so if we have that hope, we can have peace. If mm. we cannot escape hope, mm -hmm. does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. And that gives you the peace, yes. Well, you know, so you went from be working in the world, as it were, to going into becoming a religious person. How did you make that transition? It was uh, not instant and easily, but it was, um, uh, and I do not have the answer to that. I, I, very frankly, I was involved with the church, had been, and um, was teaching a men's Bible class, and I wanted to be a better Bible teacher. And so I went back to school to learn how I could be a better Sunday school teacher, and uh, that I was in a, a solo pastor in a, in a church for about 10 years. And it's, um, 
Well, this was after Susan died that you Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, um, Susan died in 1984 and I became a, a solo pastor in 1999. So it was a good, a good while. Wow. Yes. I think that's important. It's important for people to know it wasn't just a Yahoo. I'm, oh, you know, no. oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I found God and I'm going to go find out how to get closer or anything. It was a journey. Certainly. And the um, journey began, um, uh, and I was at the cemetery where Susan is buried one day as a, was a lot of those uh, days early and um, uh, communing and, and chatting with her. And, and um, I did not hear a voice, distinct voice, but in my mind, I heard, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And I interpreted that to be God uh, speaking to me to feed his sheep. So then it became, um, uh, uh, certainly a long struggle of uh, what does that mean uh, uh -huh. feed my sheep and uh, the book of Isaiah says comfort comfort my people speak tenderly and so it's it's bringing comfort to people and that the feeding of the sheep is when I became more involved in the compassionate friends it became more involved with uh, becoming regional coordinator and ultimately being on the uh, national board. I found that working with and being with uh, bereaved parents mm -hmm. became somewhat fulfilling. It wasn't an ego trip, but it became fulfilling. Uh, if I was helping them, I, I got more from that than, uh, than, than the individual did. Mm -hmm. And so the service. So uh, talk about healing. Uh, how have you healed personally? And it's a challenge being a parent with no living children. It is a real challenge. And it's a, it's a challenge. It's an ongoing challenge because uh, first there were, she was in the 10th, uh, the summer between the uh, 10th and the 11th grades. Thus, when uh, her class began to graduate from high school, we began to receive graduation invitations. Mm. And that became, you know, a, it became a raw, taking the, the scab off of, of a wound, as it were. And because that was so early on, and we wanted them to stop, but at the same time, we wanted Susan to be remembered, and we wanted those friends of hers to, to remember us. So, we fast forward this now with 34 years into our bereavement and our contemporaries, our friends all have grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And when we um, are with those friends, the topic of conversation happens to be grandchildren mm -hmm. and pictures happen to be grandchildren and iPhones and let me show you a picture. Let me show you what they, they did now. And so that's, um, that is an ongoing uh, thing uh, because of the dynamics that are taking place in the society and how important the grandchildren are. We don't want to take that joy away, but gee, there, there are other things in the world that we can talk about as, as well. So those, those are real challenges. Healing. It is finding, finding some place. Dr. Uh, I'm sorry, Rabbi Harold Kushner wrote the book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Uh, yeah. Speaking, he, he, it's not why bad things happen to good people. Right. It's when. 
because he says that there is absolutely no answer to the why, because we just answer why. And the question is, what? What are we going to do now that this has happened? Now that the child has died, what are we going to do? And I refer to um, Dr. James Moore's book, um, You Can Get Bitter or Better. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he was a 24-year-old uh, uh, person in his congregation whose husband died. So she's a 24-year-old widow with two uh, preschool children. And she says, I have decided to get better mm -hmm. rather than re remain. So you have, you have to make the decision. At some point, there's a decision that needs to be made. Okay, am I going to... to figure out how to get better or am I going to stay on this bitter path? It sounds like. Exactly. The decision and that's the choice we make as individuals. What, what are we going to do now? Now that this has happened, well, and I, and I maintain that when I get to heaven and I see Susan, mm -hmm. what do I want her to say? Do I want her to say, Hey, daddy, you became a project angry old man and uh, I'm so ashamed of you or do I want her to say daddy you reached out to so many people and I'm so proud of the life that you and mother built um, after my death and mm -hmm. what what do I want and what is it being uh, she being the only we are her legacy we will we are what the world remembers of Susan Stanley Mm -hmm. I love it. Beautiful. Well, one of the things that I'm hearing both you and Heidi say that the faith that you will see them again has been very important to you. And I would just say one thing, John, what about the people who haven't been to church, but would like to go to church, maybe had a childhood faith or whatever, and they're, you know, worried about how can I get in touch again with that? Do you have some any comments for them? I really do. And um, I think it starts with um, them, um, with those individuals. And, and I uh, help unchurched people a lot for uh, about 15 years concurrent with my um, pastorate. I was chaplain at a funeral home. And as a result, had a, I conducted, officiated about 20 funerals a year for unchurched people. And I was questioned with that a lot, is how to get back into church because the unchurched people, now that this has happened, what are we going to do? How can we heal? How can I, uh, my mom always said, I needed to be back in church. And so it is first knowing somebody, a friend, a relative or neighbor who happens to be in a church and say, can I go visit with you? Can mm -hmm. I go and I feel the need to go and then another neighbor and then go to two or three churches and talk to three or four different pastors um, about what you're feeling and about what they have experienced. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you. That that's a great suggestion. It's, it's lovely, and and finding a, a, someone that you connect, a religious community that you connect up with, if you're looking for that healing power of faith. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It's been a treat. It's certainly Thanks, family. Thank you, Heidi. God bless you both, and thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, Thank you. And we thank everybody for watching this show today. And we hope that you will, if you are want to reach out to that faith, that you will do what John has said and, and look at different communities. And Heidi and I, and I know John will be there with us, want to remind you all that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless.